Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. I know they are the best ones, but like I tell you every time, that means I have to walk through it to get to it. And I don't like having to walk through it to get to it to share it because sometimes I just want it to be easy. You know, and it's kind of funny. We just sang before I even get started. I don't even remember what songs we were going to sing earlier. I believe Pastor Chris, he sent it out earlier this week of what songs were on the list. And I was like, oh, yeah, those are good. Great. Go with it. And I had no clue how well they lined up with what I'm preaching on today. And as I'm listening to them practice, I'm like about to sob because, one, I know what my week looked like. Two, I know what some of your weeks have looked like. And three, they lined up. God did it before I knew it. And it's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing what I, what I can't do, what I have no control over. He took care of for me and for you guys because it prepares our hearts. So I hope some of you guys had an amazing week. I hope your week possibly was smooth. But for some of us, it was not that. It was not smooth. It was maybe not considered great. It wasn't a mountaintop week. It was more of a valley where you felt shadows and you felt darkness and it kind of felt hard. And that's kind of what I wanna, I'm going to be talking about this week is, is what do we do when there's nothing we can do? Perseverance. What do we do when there's nothing we can do? When everything around us is out of our control, what do we do? And it's easy cliche to be like, well, look to Jesus, trust in him. It's cliche. I get it. But oh my goodness, y'all, I, I can't wait because it, it is cliche, but it is literally what we are to do. It is literally what we're to do. You see, as I began, um, began like thinking about this message, it started last last week before Pastor Chris preached. It started as we were running a 5K. Some of you guys joined us, so I got to run a 5K last week, and it was going to be with some of the ladies here. And some of you guys were able to, and some ended up having to work or had sickness and stuff. So then it happened to be an open spot, and. Pastor Chris was like, I want to do that too. He really just wanted to beat me, y'all. That's the only reason he wanted to do this was to beat me and to beat my time last time. I'll let him tell the rest of that story at another time. But this message started in my head as I was doing this 5K because I wasn't feeling great that morning. And so I was kind of like, man, I'm not feeling it. I don't know how I'm going to get through this 5K because my goal was just beat your time from your last 5K. That's all. And beat him. I had to beat him. Y'all like, you don't know. If you know him, you know. I would have never lived that down. And so I was not letting that happen. And so in my mind, in my body, I was like, how? How am I going to get through this? And I was struggling. But um, as I was running... What I was telling myself mattered way more than what my body was telling me. What I was thinking about mattered way more than what my legs were trying to scream at me. And what my ankles at almost 40 were like, hey, girl, hey, (laughs) we have not prepared for this. What are we doing? It mattered more what was going on up here than what was going on here. It also mattered more what was going on up here, what was going on up here than what was going on around me. 
Because what, what was happening is about three to four minutes in, three to four minutes, y'all, of a 5K, my body was like, yeah, this isn't going to go so well. Remember those three kids? Remember you didn't prepare for the, remember what you ate last night? Mm, it's not feeling too good, right? Three to four minutes in. That's what I'm thinking. Then my mind goes, where's the one-mile marker? Just show me, God. Just show me a sign. Give me a mile marker of how much further I got to go before I can stop because that's how my mind works. At the mile, I'll take a break. At a mile, I'll stop and breathe for a moment and catch my breath, regather, and I'll keep going. Isn't that what we do with life? We're like, God, give me a mile marker. Give me something to show me I'm getting a little further. And we're looking all around us for God. Where's that sign? Because I'm really ready to stop. I'm ready to stop running this race right now. I'm tired. I can't breathe, Lord. How do I do this? This whole, like, people say you go. <laughs> they, they give you all these examples. That don't work for me. Like, that is not how I breathe. I will pass out. Like, I would be laying on the thing. And we had already agreed before we started, if one of us stopped, we're not stopping. I told Pastor Chris, they have my number as your emergency contact. But if they call me, I'm not coming back until the end. <laughs> they know more about health than I do. <laughs> We're committed. <laughs> That's our competition, y'all. That's our competition. But, yeah, it's like, I don't even know why I even said that. But I, we, we ask God for mile markers and we want to see all these signs around us. But the thing is, I got to go back to here because I wrote it down the way I want to say it. Is we want a sign that is an outward sign. When all the while, God is like, I've given you a sign. You just can't see it around you. You need to look within you. I've given you a sign. Stop looking out here for the sign. It's in you. Your perseverance isn't dependent upon what's going on around you. It's what's going on in you. It's where we have anchored our hope in. It's where we have anchored our faith in. And so that's what God was showing me is, Kim, stop looking for the one-mile marker. Stop it. You need to look within. And, man, the st I say some I say some good stuff to myself. When I'm running, I am like, I have to be my cheerleader. It's easy for me to cheer you guys on. I am great at cheering others on. But, man, it has been a battle for me to figure out how to cheer myself on, to figure out how not to point every flaw out, every issue that I have, every struggle that I'm dealing with. I have to conquer that, and I have to look within and say, no, you can do this. Keep going. And that's what we have to do for ourselves at times is we've got to be our biggest cheerleader and see what's within us that God has deposited there for us to use when we can't see a mile marker in our life. You see, I began to refocus my attention off of my body, like I said, off of where that mile marker is at, and I began to do self-talk. I've talked about this so much to you guys because it literally is life-changing for me. So I'm not going to go deep into any of that. Just be aware, the way you talk to yourself is going to determine how you walk that battle out. It really will. But I had to keep my focus not on all of those things, but on my next steps. I had to have my eyes fixed 
right in front of me. And I know for some of you guys, this is like, that don't make no sense, girl. You need to be looking forward. You need to be looking up. And you see, when I was younger, I think I'm skipping ahead here, but it's okay. When I was younger and I was cheerleading, one of the things that we would tell, or I also coach cheerleading, and one of the things I would always tell my girls is, look up. Look up. If you're a flyer and you're getting lifted into the air, your eyes are to be up, not just up at the top where you're going, but at points you need to look above where you're going. And you hear that a lot in life. It's like keep your eyes forward. You keep looking up. You, you keep going that way. But what I learned in this moment for me is in different seasons, we need different focuses. And for me, in this moment when I'm running the race, my focus was not to be forward because my, when I looked forward, all I wanted to know was where is the next mile marker? How fast is that person? It was all of those things. No, my focus needed to be, you focus here. You you can look both ways. I can make sure there's no danger around me. There's not a pothole. There's not anything in the ground. And I can check behind me if I need to. But what I know that the Lord was telling me is focus here. And so it's really interesting to me because when I run, the few times I've run, um, that's what I do is I watch right in front of me. I don't look ahead because if if anyone who knows that walks with me, I kind of walk sideways and people like so hate it. Ladies, a lot of my ladies friends, I think we all do it. And so we don't care because we're like running into each other and like, whatever, I don't care if we hold hands, whatever it is, what it is. But I'll go walking with my husband and he's like, stop running into me. I'm like, I can't help it. I don't know why I'm doing it. But it's often because I'm looking really far ahead and I'm just going and I'm not, I don't care. I just naturally lean one way or the other. But when I'm running and I'm focused right here, it keeps my focus straight. Especially when you're on a treadmill. You can't be side to side on a treadmill, y'all. I don't want to be one of those TikTok videos. Y'all are like, oh, crap, my pastor fell off that treadmill. <laughs> so my focus is right front, right front. Y'all would die laughing. I'm telling you. <clears throat> I know y'all would still love me. I know. It's okay. I know you would. So anyways, ending the talk about the 5K as we finished it. Everyone that finished it, I was super proud of them. My husband finished it. I was super proud of him. Yes, I was. Because in order to finish a race like that, you have to persevere. In order to finish anything, you have to persevere. You have to Beat the battle within your mind and within your body to get to the finish line. So that was an amazing accomplishment for myself and for anyone else that did that race. Um, I believe it was a huge accomplishment. But I also know that there's many of us, and myself included, that like to avoid doing hard things. We, we, um, well, we'll avoid it like the plague, actually. Sometimes it's even things that we know we were supposed to be doing, we'll still avoid it, right? I'm not, I'm not the only one, am I? Okay, y'all got to talk back to me. Like, at least let me know I'm not alone in avoiding hard stuff. Um, but we like to avoid it. But what do we do? Back to the main question. What do we do when there's nothing we can do? When we are trying or sorry, when the thing that we are t- we've tried to avoid happened. What do we do when we, we don't know what to do, when there's nothing we can do, because the thing we try to avoid is now our present reality? What do we do in that? When w- sorry, I'm trying to make sure I'm able to finish talking. We will see, you see all throughout scriptures, where this is the reality for the followers of Christ. 
Not only our reality, but they dealt with this. You see, in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, I'm going to read through this, and then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down or persecuted, but not abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You see, these verses to me show that in this life, there will be troubles and there will be hard things that we face, but we are not destroyed by them. We don't have to be destroyed by them. Let me correct myself. We don't have to be destroyed by them them if we keep our focus where it's supposed to be. And I get it. It is not that easy. And I will share a little bit more about that later. Have you had some mess happen in your life where you're like, I feel pressed on every side. I feel crushed by life. I have. I know you guys have. I know some of you have for sure. So, so we have all been there. But in these passages, we must understand to counter the struggle we face. You see, in verse 8, it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. You see, we will feel the pressing. We will feel it. It's like the grape pressing where the grapes are getting turned into juice. You've seen that process happen. You've read about it, talked about it in so many sermons. It is not. It doesn't look like it feels good, right? at all. You will feel the pressing and the heaviness of, t- of at times in your life, but our view will determine our outcome. When we are in a room and we feel like every side is closing in around us, the things that we lean on matter. The thing that we focus on matters. What's in sight when we are being pressed? What is our sight fixed on? when we are being pressed. The next verse this says, we are perplexed, but not driven to despair. This is so good, guys, because to be perplexed is to be at a loss with oneself. Have you ever been at a loss with yourself? I so have. I so Sometimes I don't know how much to share with y'all. I don't know how transparent you want me to be. Really? How deep do you want to know? I want y'all to show up next week, okay? So, Perplexed, to be at a loss with yourself, to be in doubt. Have you been in doubt? Not knowing how to decide or what to do. Being at a loss. And this verse says that we don't have to be driven to despair. Or another translation says distressed. We do not have to be distressed. You see, Paul is saying to us that God's grace kept him in difficult situations. God's grace kept Paul in the pressing, in the situations where he felt at a complete loss, when he had no clue what he was going to do, when he doubted everything. God's grace kept him in different difficult situations. It's God in us, God in you and me, that gives me hope for a better day. That gives me hope knowing that I am not all alone, even when I feel all lost, all hopelessness. That I'm not alone in that. I am not alone. I am not driven to despair. Because for one, God never leaves me, leaves me nor forsakes me. He's always with me, ever present in my time of need. He is with you. 
in the pressing. The next verse, verse 9 says, we are hunted down, or another translation says persecuted, but never abandoned by God. You see, we will have people harass us, bring trouble upon us, just like the, the scripture says that, that the, uh, the apostles had, the, the disciples had, that Jesus had. But we are promised that God is with us. I'm telling you, it, it's, it sounds so easy, but it's in the moments where there's nothing you know else to do that you lean on and you focus on the one thing that has been constant in your life, and that is the Lord. That is the, the love that God has given you time and time again. That's what I lean on. That's the only thing that I can lean on at times. The next verse says we, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You see, we will fall, guys. I don't care how big of a believer you are. If you've been a believer from the time you were born to right now, you will fall. You will fail. We will fail at life at times, at situations. We will fall and we will fail. But God is with us. We can get back up and we can keep on going. Because when you fail doesn't mean you are a failure. That's not who we are. We all fall. We all fail. We are not that thing. We are not that, I, that is not our identity. Our identity is anchored in Christ. And he's not done with you. Right. He's not done with you. Don't allow that lie to creep in when you fall and you see darkness all around. When you fail and you can't figure out what's next, you're not done. God's not done. He has better days for you. Don't give up. Verse 10 says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Guys, I, I don't even want to say this, but I love this, this because we are the living proof to the world that God is good. We are the living proof, the living and breathing and walking proof that God is good to the people around us. We are that. That we, that we in Christ can see better days. That others in Christ will see better days in their situations. They will and we will because he is still good. You see, when I was a teenager, I went on this missions trip with our youth group for, for the summertime. And um, <clears throat> I think it was like three weeks long. It was so long. We were in these buses with people that you normally see like once or twice a week and you had to like live with them and yeah you really find out a lot <clears throat> we're not doing three-week mission trips y'all y'all um but I had I had an opportunity that I knew that I was going to be sharing my testimony and I was only like 16 at this point so it was it, it felt like a big huge like life story I had at that point now I'm like wow um but the Lord had given me a verse prior to being able to share my story that was, that was a verse I was anchored in that helped me share my life story and how I walked through what I had walked through up to the age of 16. And that was Philippians 4.13. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I anchored myself in that verse at age 16 because there was some stuff I needed to just be past. There was some healing that needed to happen. There was some situations that I just didn't know how 
I would move past it. But as I was preparing my, my testimony for this youth service that we were having at this church that evening, I thought I was flipping through my Bible and I was like, oh, here's the verse. And I just started reading. I was like, this doesn't look like the verse that I know God gave me. Where did the verse God gave me go? And I was like all like kind of like scatterbrained. But when I read over this next verse, I was like, this is it too. This is supposed to be a part of my testimony as well. And that verse was Philippians 3, 13 through 14. That's how I got it confused. It was Philippians 4, 13. And as a kid, I had this thing with numbers and reading that everything kind of got mixed up at times. They have, they have a, 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 what is it, medical condition for that now. I didn't know any of that. I hated reading in front of people. I hated talking in front of people because I knew I am going to get something mixed up if I don't read like that. So... Philippians 3, 13 through 14 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus or Christ Jesus, is calling us. You see, that verse at 16 held me. That verse at 16 helped me get keep going in life. I can look at that now and I see there's some things I had to walk through at 16, but at 16, I couldn't handle it. I needed to press forward and keep moving at that point. But you see, we don't live in the past. We learn from our past, right? We don't live in it. We learn from it. Because if you don't learn from it, you're going to relive it some way or another. So learn from it. We heal from our past. We don't suppress it, right? We don't suppress it. We face it because goodness, we, we got to face it because if we don't, we won't get past it. Like I said, we heal from it. We walk through it, but we don't stay in it. We don't stay in our past. We will not, able, we will not be able to see our lives and ourselves persevere if we stay in our past. That's what I love about those verses that God gave me at 16 that I've reflected on over and over again in my life at times where I'm like, how? How, God? And he'll take me back. He'll just remind me, go back to this. Go back to this verse. So when I go back and I see these two verses together, I see why we as Christ followers can do all things and persevere if we have our focus where it should be on Christ. If we have our focus on Christ. In Hebrews 12 too, it says, we, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You see, we don't live in the future. We can dream about it, right? We can make plans about our future, but we have very little control over our future and everything that happens. So we can plan, we can dream about it, but we can't live in our future. We can heal from our past. We can walk through the stuff. We can't live in our past. We get to live right here, right now. I get to focus right here, right now, where God has me. That's how I see perseverance in my life. My focus is on Christ because there's a verse in Psalms. I saved it. I didn't give it to a, I didn't give it to you, John, so don't worry about it. But it, uh, 
<clears throat> Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If it is dark in your life, know that Jesus is the light for your next step. Not a spotlight, but a lamp, like a lantern that you would have when you're camping. It would show you what your next step is, not your future. It's not going to show you everything. So know that Jesus is with you when your focus is there. He will show you next step and then the next step. And that's where we're to stay. Because if you go too far in the future, what, what's created? Anxiety, fear. If you go too far in your past, you're going to deal with shame, potentially, guilt, potentially. So stay right here. Stay here where he has you at. You see when, I need more water real quick, y'all. I can't be chugging the water now. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. I'm, I jumped ahead earlier. Now I have to refine my spot because I have all those, all those extra notes there that I already shared with you. So. The meaning of perseverance, I'm going to give that to you real quick, is to have persistence in doing something despite difficulties or delay in success. Back to the question I asked at the very beginning. What do we do when there's nothing we can do? You persevere. You keep putting one foot in front of another and one deep breath at a time while you lean on God to tell you what's next. That's how you persevere. You see, in James 1, 1 through 8, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles are of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I dislike this verse. I have disliked this verse for so long. Who says, yes, Lord, thank you for this battle you've put in front of me. Thank you for this trouble I'm walking through. Thank you for this heartache I'm dealing with. Who does that? Who says, if you say that, I, I need to have you in my life like on a daily basis. I'm just saying, no one says I find great joy. But James tells us, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. We are to consider it. Cons okay now, okay. we are able to consider it because we can't see past it in the moment. But God knows on the other side, there is victory. There is growth. It might not look like we want it to look, but there's victory and growth. We will learn something through it. We will heal past it. In verse 3, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. How many times have you said, oh, don't pray for patience because you know what's going to happen? I hate that. I hate that too because <laughs> it's like, what, really? It's a little, uh, anyways. <clears throat> when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. This reminds me of working out. This reminds me of any life change that we make. That we want instant results. I, you know, when I went into the gym about like, I don't know, how many years ago? Like two years, three years ago? I want an instant result. Like I'm like, I don't see no muscles yet. 
<laughs> Where's my muscles at? Why are they not popping out? Why am I not able to run a 5K in like 20 minutes? Why? Why? All these things. We want instant results. You have a lifestyle change. You want to see instant. You want to have that instant gratification like Burger King, my way right away. Is that Burger King? That is Burger King. Yep. Yeah, we want that. But James is telling us that our endurance grows when we stay the course. When we persevere, our, our endurance is being grown. It is, it, our faith is growing when we stay the course. Don't, don't tap out yet, y'all. Don't, don't tap out too soon because you might miss what God's got on the other side. You might miss the, 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 the rewards. You might miss the, the goodness that you're going to see. You might miss the freedom that is way better than the horrible destruction that's behind you. Don't tap out to seen. Verse 4 says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is, I like this verse. I like this one right here. This one I like. It's, James is letting us know that we can't give up on ourselves. We can't give up on this life of this journey of life that we're living. We can't tap out when it gets hard. Don't do it. Don't do it. We can do hard things because of Christ. We can do hard things because he's our creator. You can do hard things because in doing those hard things, we are being perfected in completeness. That is good. That is a promise that when you say, I'm done, nope, I ain't having it. Don't allow that lie to creep in. I'm going to keep going because I am being perfected and complete. And man, Another thing is, it's preparing you. It's preparing you for the next battle, the next challenge you're going to be coming up against. Verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled, is an unsettled as a wave of the sea is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people could not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. You see, I love, I love James, and I love these scriptures. But over the last year, like I said, I sometimes don't know how much to share. But if I'm completely honest, over the last year, I've not necessarily stood strong. I've not necessarily had my perspective in the right spot at every moment. I've had moments where I've wait I've had moments where I'm that person that feels tossed and unsettled in the waves of life. I've had my focus not able to be like this. Y'all are all blurry just so you know. That's how my focus at times has been. I've had days I've allowed things to overtake me, maybe even weeks where I've allowed things to overtake me. And I've been on autopilot at times. You see, last August, some of you know this, some of you guys have prayed with me through some of these situations, and I'm only going to share a little bit. I wouldn't give you everything that I've walked through um, because there's no time. There we go. August last year, to backstory is I ended up with COVID and we, we, are, we were like quarantined. We had just moved into our house, ended up with COVID. And after COVID, things didn't go back to normal for me. I thought they would. And there were t times when I was in recovering and I would tell, I would tell my husband, I'd tell Pastor Chris, I was like, I can't focus. Like, I don't feel like I'm hearing from God. I don't feel 
anything. I don't know what's going on. And it was at some points would get a little scary because I didn't know. I'm like, God, I'm sitting here. I'm listening. I'm just not able to like, I'm not hearing. I'm not, it, things just got heavy. Like, like we were talking about is, is I felt like the walls were closing in. I had very dark moments after COVID, but it wasn't just because of COVID. It was because of other things in my body that started kind of wrecking havoc on me that I was unaware of. If you know anything about autoimmune, you know that autoimmune disease attacks different organs in your body, and you kind of don't know when it's going on until all of a sudden you're doing blood work and you realize, oh, there's a lot going on here. So I had finally got to the spot after, after months of just being like, I don't know. I, got, I, just, I need my doctor to give me some medicine. You need to give me some medicine and do some lab work because I feel like I was going crazy at times. I, I was not sleeping well. Um, and so I would go, I went and saw my doctor and she took blood work and we found out, I also have a thing with thyroid. I've had that for 15, 16 years. We found out that my numbers went from this side where I was been for 16 years and it went completely reverse, which if you know anything about that, it is not okay. That throws your body in a whirlwind. Okay. And so not only did I have that, I had the autoimmune, I had to go see a sleep apnea doctor because during all of this, I would wake up not breathing. I would wake myself up not breathing. My husband would wake me up because I was not breathing. That is scary. And, and if you have walked through any health issues, you get that, that it's, it's a scary thing because you just don't know what's going on within your body. And so as I was walking through all of this stuff, autoimmune things were triggering in my body, and it just kept feeling, I just kept feeling overwhelmed. Like, God, can I just tap out from this battle? I can keep going in this area, but I just want to tap out here because I have no control. I'm doing everything I feel that's right, but I have no control over the situation right now. And that's a scary place to be at. It is a scary place. So then within those numbers of blood work would coming back, all of a sudden I found out that my liver numbers were all out of whack. And so we were doing liver tests, and I was getting tested for all kinds of liver diseases and, and all of these things, which couldn't really brought fear. I had a lot of fear at moments where I didn't know, like, what, am I what do I do with this? I've, you know, it's in my mind. I'm like, I'm doing the right things, God. Why? Why am I walking through this? And so that was starting January of, of this past year. And literally, I'm still walking through um, some healing of that. I have been having the doctor. We've lowered my med just this last week. I think I've gone through like the seventh medicine uh, lowering process where we've lowered my medicine to a dosage. I've actually never been on this low um, since I've actually been diagnosed with thyroid, which is, yeah, it's pretty awesome because I've never been this low. And just this past week, I went and saw my liver specialist. And um, we did this fibro test thing at some weird specialty thing that they do. And um, through doing that, he told me there is absolutely no fat in your liver. There is no fat in your liver. He said that um, he was concerned that it was an autoimmune liver disease where your autoimmune starts attacking your liver. And he said, I don't believe it's that. 
he said, but I want to do blood work. And so we did blood work that day. And by the next day, I got my numbers back. And my numbers have continued over the last six months to go down from what they were back in January, which is a huge deal. It's not in normal range, but it's literally points away, which left him to tell me, I believe that the inflammation is what's caused all these issues. And your inflammation in your liver is slowly going away. And so I don't think you have anything to worry about. That is huge for me because it went from having a liver disease to an autoimmune liver disease to who knows what else to, hey, I think it's just the inflammation from the overdosage of your medicine that I was overdosed on for many, many months. That is huge, guys. And I am so, so thankful because I'm able to stand here today not to tell you to keep persevering because I haven't gone through crap. I can say that. That was, edi that was edited, y'all, okay? I can tell you to persevere because I've been in the dark place. I've been in the room where it starts closing in because what the doctor's saying brings instant fear. I've been there where I've had to make my husband come to the appointment that you're not supposed to have them in the room. I'm like, no, he's coming because all I'm going to hear is the negative. I need him to tell me, no, that's not what they said. I've been there. I'm still walking it out because numbers are still needing to go back in range. But I'm persevering. I'm putting one foot in front of another. I'm not giving up because my hope is in God. Because you know what? You know what? The testimony that I had at 16 is because of God. The testimony at 20 and 25 and 30 was where God showed up. He hasn't stopped showing up in my life. And that's what I anchor myself in. Because no matter what, I know he's with me. He's the one guiding me. So when we walk through trials... They expose the authenticity of our confidence in God. When we walk through trials, they expose the authenticity of our confidence in God. Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. What do we do when there's nothing that we can do? You don't stop. You don't stop. You persevere because that's where we grow. And that's where the world sees the goodness of God in the land of the living. Let me close this in prayer as we go into time of worship. God, I thank you this morning for each person here. I thank you that the battles each person may be facing, the battles they have faced, Lord God, they might not even, they're not even small. I know, I know they're not small. But you are with them like you are with me, like you are with each of us. And I pray that you continue to, to, to be that light to our feet to tell us what's the next step and then the next step after that. And I thank you, Lord, that it's in these testimony moments that we get to see your goodness that pushes us to keep going that we're able to share these moments with others that push others to keep going. And I thank you for that. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand up with